It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. And good morning, friends, and welcome to Love Talk here on the Bridge Austin Central Texas Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership. It is so great to be with you. I'm Kathy Endebrock, this beautiful Saturday day morning and I'm here in studio with the amazing Marlene McMichael. Marlene, it's great to see your beautiful face this morning. Well, thank you. I'm not sure about the beauty part, but thank you. <laughs> Yours too. <laughs> it's I been, assure it's you. It's been an eventful week. So, yeah. It has. Oh, friends, what a week we have had. And we, are, we don't have Coach Carrie Brinkater with us this morning because she is uh, working with fallen trees and downed electric lines and all of the challenges that this ice storm has brought. What a week it has been in central Texas. Marlene, how have you fared? Is your house okay? <laughs> I think my house is okay. I will have to get somebody on the roof to look at it because I had major, I, mean, I have a, a yard that has many old growth oaks and in it and many of those old growth oaks were on my roof and uh, so lots of down limbs. My uh, backyard looks like a war zone. A bomb went off in it. So, but but we're good. Uh, nothing broke through the roof that I can tell. So it, at least I have no water leakage, and that's a, a nice thing to have. That, uh, but it's been um, it's been a uh, interesting and um, emotional week for us. And I know that that. As bad as all that was, there are many others that did not fare as well, and so our prayers go with them. I have a friend who mm-hmm. had a whole tree come through our house, and uh, so uh, it's uh, it's interesting in Texas. I mean, for those of people who might be listening on the podcast and and don't uh, are, are kind of scratching their heads, going, "Well, it really only got down to about maybe twenty eight, twenty seven degrees. So what's the big deal?" Well, in Texas. You take that temperature and you combine it with water and ice, and you have a disaster. And so it's mm-hmm. um, it's been really interesting to see uh, not only the response of people and and people out helping each other, but also just getting through it uh, has been interesting. You know that that's one of the things that I love that you mentioned here: people getting out and checking on one another. I just think this is such an incredible opportunity, friends, to. Go out and see how your neighbor is doing and pulling together as a community in Central Texas during this time. I know the um, ADRN network, the Austin Disaster Relief Network, they are on it and meeting the the call and meeting the need and out, out there. But let's not wait for these larger organizations to step in and come to the rescue. Friends, let's go out those front doors. Uh, if, if you don't have a sheet of ice on your front walk, if you still do, just be patient and let the sun melt fat. But if you can walk out your front door, go and knock on your neighbor's door, see how they're doing, see if there's something you can help with. If you see that they have some downed trees, Go and help them uh, haul those away or do what they need to do. Just give a word of encouragement to one another. I think during the difficult times, it's amazing what God can do to build friendship and community and relationship that maybe we haven't had the opportunity to build before. And Marlene, that's something that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about relationship because we're going to be talking about prayer and prayer is all about relationship our relationship with the heavenly father lifting one another up interceding on each other's behalf and one of the things i love about this week is that we were just not frantically we were furiously or, or feverishly maybe texting one another saying please pray for this please pray for that Here's my concern that's right in front of me. And so we got to really pray for one another and lift one another up this week. And so, friends, I guarantee you that as you go out, there are people that are just desperate for your prayers, that need the encouragement of your prayers, and that need their name lifted up to God's throne. You may be the only one to lift up your your neighbor's name uh, to God's throne. And what an incredible blessing and privilege that is. Well, so Marlene, we are talking about prayer this week and specifically the National Collegiate Day of Prayer. And we have one of our absolute favorite guests who has come into the studio to join us today. And uh, I would just love to share her with, with us and just get her in on this conversation from the get-go if you'd like to introduce her. All right. Well, we have today Vicki Porterfield. And uh, you may remember she's been on our program before. 
but Vicky's desire is to further God's kingdom through prayer, mentoring, and teaching. And she has literally traveled the globe to do that. She's worked with so many national and international organizations. And um, I'm just going to go through a, a few of them because I really want time for Vicky to talk. And, and, and you'll get to know her better just in her words. But Vicky's experience uh, in the Christian community is far-reaching. She served as National Director for Intercessors International for six years. She's trained in structures and taught principles of intercession to believers of different denominations, ages, and cultures. She's led prayer teams for conferences in the United States, Argentina, Switzerland, Germany, and had the opportunity to teach in South Korea, Romania, Latvia, Argentina, Burundi, Hungary, Jordan, Egypt, and Kenya. And and I doubt that there are very many people that have been to all of those countries, but she has. Vicky's led week-long teaching sessions at Youth with a Mission, YWAM, in Korea, Jordan, and elsewhere. And she's worked as the International Prayer Director for DeVar Partners International, which serves the oral learners of the nations who have no audio scriptures. As a result, she claims spiritual children from many nations. And for 18 years, she served as team lead of intercession for college-age passion conferences with Louis Giglio. And, and those conferences usually generate um, or, or garner 60,000 students at a time. Her teams include up to 100 intercessors, and they pray 24-7 for the Passion's three- to four-day conferences. Vicki really is called with three missions in prayer. One is the city of Austin. One is um, churches. Churches. <laughs> she has a burden for the churches. And then the third is, is the youth, and particularly the college-age youth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. She's married to her husband, John. They've been married for 46 years, and they have two married daughters and four grandchildren. So welcome back to Love Talk, Vicki. Thank mm. you for being here. So good to be here. So good to see you too, Kathy. And Marlene, I have known for a long time. Uh, we actually met in college. We did. And so it's been, uh, we were in each other's weddings uh, uh, eons ago. <laughs> long time ago. You back, know, I think back when our dress size was a whole lot smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something about those really special friendships that God brings together. And he just continues to bless and connect over the years. And I think of you two. When I think of those special God-connected friendships that have just encouraged and strengthened one another through the years. Amen. Amen. For decades. I mean, you know, we as you live your life, you go through uh, hills and valleys, and some of those valleys are pretty traumatic. And, and I can't think of a person who stood with me more than Vicki Porterfield and her husband, John. Uh, Watch I, out, I Marlene, like or I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no it's tears. Truth. No I tears. mean, I don't think we have and, and, and vice versa. So, I mean, it's you know, true. it's 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 been really good to have these lifelong friends. Well, Vicky, so I, if you don't mind, I'd love to to start with a question and just kind of really just hear your heart this morning. Um, you know, what we know from from God's word and from experience is that when when the children of God unite in prayer. When believers unite in prayer, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Everything changes. And and I love, there's these two scriptures, I think, from um, God's word that really apply to the conversation that we're having today. And the first one's out of Matthew chapter 18. Uh, So, friends, that's the very first book in your New Testament. Flip over to chapter 18, and it's verses 18 through 20. And this is Jesus speaking. I love it. Those, those, if any of your Bibles have his words in red, there was just red all over these words. It says, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. And there's this other incredible verse that I can't tell you how many times I have written this on high school graduation cards just to encourage those youth as they're getting ready to head to college. And it's straight out of Jeremiah 29, starting in a chapter, um, well, chapter 29, starting in verse 11. And it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, then 
you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And Vicki, I just love these two scriptures. One, Christ is talking, and the other, the Father is talking, and talking about prayer, prayer with incredible promises attached. And so we, we know that your, your ministry is prayer. Prayer is your passion. Can you talk with us a little bit to give us a, your, your background experience? What led you to prayer in your Christian walk, and, and why is prayer such a passion for you? I think when I first became a believer, I was in college um, and um, at the University of Texas. And when I was there, I... By the way, she is wearing, true to the collegiate day of prayer, she's wearing a Texas t-shirt. I am. I, I am. <laughs> I've got my Longhorn shirt on today. Um, but I, I realized when I opened my Bible, instead of just doing Bible study, I would find a scripture and think, oh, wow, I need to pray that. Oh, wow, that reminds me of so-and-so or such-and-such. I need to pray that for my mom or my dad or my sister or my friends. And I would just ended up, you know, basically turning Scripture into opportunities for prayer and intercession. And I didn't even understand what that meant or what that was. Uh, Probably about 15 years ago, my cousin uh, looked up the background of my family and our heritage, and I'm Moravian. Uh, And so the Moravians had the longest prayer meetings and the most extensive prayer movement in the history uh, of, of mankind of over 100 wow. years. And so that's my heritage. So somebody prayed me into this place. And I think <laughs> most of the reason we talk about us going out and praying. But the fact is we can all look and realize the reason we are where we are with Jesus right now is because somebody prayed for us. And I want to be the one that says, I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying for my neighbors. I'm praying for my friends. And they won't be in the same place because of my prayers. Amen. Oh, I, I Amen. love that. Vicki, can you, can you share with us maybe some real-world examples that you have seen God working through prayer? Well, you mean for the last month? I'll be, I, I can't even begin to tell you. All. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't even begin to tell you all the ones from the last week or the last month. Uh, I, when you're in trouble during an ice storm, you just need to ask God for peace, and God brings peace to you. Amen. I mean, that is, that, is, that is a huge thing, you know, when we walk through difficult times. Uh, when you have a child or a grandchild that's walking through a, a hard day and a hard time, it's, you're able to pray for them, and you see God's comfort come. Uh, my husband recently had surgery, and I'm able to pray for him and see that, wow, he's able to walk and get around much better than expected. Uh, and, and physical therapists and doctors are surprised because of how well he's doing. And I credit the Lord and prayer for him. Um, we went to a church. I told you I pray for churches. Went to a church about 10 days ago, prayed for the church. We got a letter Sunday afternoon that said, never had a church service like that before. The presence of wow. God was tangible in that building. And everyone said there was an open heaven. And we said, yes, that's exactly what we asked for. You know, mm. so we believe that. We had a pastor who was really struggling. And we prayed for this pastor and spoke words of encouragement and scriptures and prayers and prophetic words over him. And when we did, he, he just began to weep and weep and said, these are the desires of my soul. Uh, we prayed for one pastor who said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving because I feel like I'm in competition with my associate pastor. And I just am going to let him have the church because that's what he wants to do. We prayed for him. And a month later, he said, this associate pastor has decided to leave. And I don't, I'm not going to leave this church. I'm going to step in again. And I'm like, okay, God, this is just miraculous. We prayed for a building downtown, a company coming into Austin. And we said, you're not welcome here. And sure wow. enough, they've pulled out. Wow. Oh, friends. Vicki, and I mean, that's just a little small (laughs) taste of everything we're going to be talking about today. That's a week in the life of Vicki Porterfield. (laughs) A week in the life. Okay, friends. Well, I think I want to go back. Oh, well, we're going to have to break for for our sponsors, our amazing sponsors that keep Love Talk on the air. They are our friends. Some of them have been supporting Love Talk for the past 37 years. When we come back, friends, we are going to ask Vicki. If I'm a new Christian, how do I begin to even approach God in prayer? Is it not presumptuous to ask 
And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on the Bridge Austin. Friends, we are talking this morning about prayer and specifically the National Collegiate Day of Prayer coming up February 23rd. We have the amazing Vicki Porterfield in studio with us, and it is such a joy to have her with us. Friends, if you missed our first segment, you're going to want to go back and get that. You can go to our podcast, Love Talk, all one word. Uh, or you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com or .net and just type in Vicki Porterfield or prayer and the program will come up for you. Well, Vicki, in the first segment, we, we got to know a little bit about your background, your history, your heart for prayer, and the incredible things that you have seen God do through prayer. And I just, when you're praying, sometimes I hear you say, I pray. But more often than not, I keep hearing you say, we, and we prayed for this, and then this happened, and we prayed, and then this happened. So what is this about the we and not the I in prayer? Well, God really honors agreement uh, and, and unity. In every way, <laughs> he honors agreement and unity. And, um, and disunity and disagreement uh, separates us from God and separates us from others and separates us from the power of God. And for many t- years, I thought if I, the more people that pray, the better. You know, you mentioned the scripture in Matthew 18. I thought, okay, if it says two or three gathered together and agree, then 200 or 300 or 2,000 or 3,000 praying together is better. We need the National <laughs> Day of Prayer where we have 20,000 or 30,000 because that's even better. And I said, and the Lord reminded me, he said, Vicky, your city's not changing because of the 200 or 300. I never said to gather 200 or 300. I only said two or three. I said, Lord, but that's not enough. And he said, Vicki, I'm asking for agreement. And agreement comes two or three. So I've learned that it takes just two or three. So you guys, all it takes is for one of you to gather two other people and to start a prayer group. And I started these on college campuses. We've started them in Austin. We call them two Oh, three groups, two oh three groups, and you can find a website where I put a bunch of, you know, teaching on it. It's called two oh three all dot org, and all stands for alliance. Two oh three alliance. Two oh three all, and that's two zero three. Okay, because um, that's just a shortcut for where two or three are gathered. So there is superpower when two or three gather together. And I would echo that and refer you back to Matthew 18, um, verses 18 and 20, which we opened with, uh, where it says, anything, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father Amen. who is in heaven. Amen. So it, that agreement that Vicki's talking about is powerful and miraculous. Now, Vicki, I have a question for you, Marlene, and, and I really appreciate that when you're, when you're taking us back to that scripture because I think, well, okay, what, two or three seasoned Christians, two or three people who know how to pray? I mean, can you, what about these, the, the, the new, the shiny new Christian that doesn't know how to approach God in prayer and feels like, oh my goodness, it's a presumption to go to the God of the universe and ask for something for, for little me, my meaningless little life here? What, what does he even care? So, you know, does it have to be seasoned prayer warriors that come together? I mean, Gideon's and, and David's and Moses's and Esther's, or does that does God take that into consideration? Well, I think if you were to go back to Gideon's and David's and Moses and Esther's, they weren't so uh, equipped in prayer either, you know. Uh, So, no, you know, nowhere does it say that God limits his kingdom or limits intercession or prayer to those who are mature. Uh, It does say that we're to ask God. He's going to teach us how to pray. So we can learn more about prayer from people who are seasoned. Reading books on prayer help a little bit, you know, and you've got one of the best, Kathy. But uh, honestly, I think the best way to learn to pray is to get in with other people and to just do it. And how does a beginner learn to pray? We have to understand what prayer is. Prayer is just talking to Jesus. He's just talking. That's it. It's just and you have to be honest. You have to be real. You have to say what's on your heart and just express it to the Lord. You can read the Bible and you want to know what God's will is. 
There it is. It's written for us. We can take those scriptures and those are God's will and we can pray them for ourselves. And we can ask, we can read 1 Corinthians 13 about love and say, God, I want that kind of love in me. I want that kind of love in my husband. I want that kind of love in my children. And we can pray the scriptures of 1 Corinthians 13 for them. I love that. God, I want that kind of love, that 1 Corinthians kind of love in my heart. And boy, it is amazing when you have that kind of love. The things that you can see God accomplish through you and the different perspective that you have in challenges and difficulties. And, well, okay, Vicki, I want to talk to you about what is coming up here on February 23rd. You have been just so uh, busy over these last couple of months going to uh, leadership and equipping trainings with uh, with the Billy Graham uh, Evangelization, Evangelization Association. I, I don't know what uh, the Billy Graham Society or, or his association. <laughs> You've been doing things at, at conferences and speaking and just so busy, but you have been preparing uh, for this National Day of Prayer that is coming up. Why does that matter for us? Why should I be concerned about the, the, the National Collegiate Day of Prayer that's coming up on, on February 23rd. What is the significance? Okay, Kathy. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, let me try not to cry through this because this is incredibly powerful. Over 200 years ago, okay, pastors and leaders in a nation got together and they said, and legislators and congressmen and said, how do, what do we do about the future of America? This is in the early 1800s. What do we do? And they said, the future of our country are the young kids that are sitting in colleges. That's where it is. If we're talking about what is going to happen with, with America, the future of America, our students, our young people are sitting in colleges. And so, um, you know, we need to pray for them. So in the year 1823, it actually began a couple of years before then. By 1823, every major denomination and every church said, we will pray for colleges. And we will take one day a year and call it the Day of Prayer for Colleges. And so this continued as a day where people prayed for colleges. And every church adopted colleges and prayed for universities and college campuses. This continued until the early 1900s, and then it just died out. So it managed to make it about 100 years. About 10 years ago, some college leaders had gathered together, and they said, you know, we've got to do something about the state of our colleges and our college students. And I want to talk to you about that in a second. But they said, what are we going to do? And they said, we must pray. And they began to talk about how, how to manage, how do we get and stir up prayer for colleges and one of the men who was there, who was a um, student of revivals, past revivals, says, you know, this has happened before. In the early 1800s, they set aside a day of prayer for college campuses. And I think we need to do it today. So what happened was these leaders, about and it's been maybe 11 years, started praying and started, restarted, I should say, the collegiate day of prayer. And so you can find out information, history, scriptures, how to pray, everything on the website, collegiatedayofprayer.org. And it's on that day that we adopt campuses, 4,250 campuses in America. And so it's an opportunity where you could say as an individual or a church, hey, I want to adopt four campuses. I want to adopt three. I promise to pray on that day. February 23rd, 2023, it is our 200th anniversary. So that's why it's a big deal. And I, you know, my heart is increasingly burdened for college kids. I, you know, I've, I've recently gotten on Instagram and, and uh, I'm a source of great humor for my three daughters who uh, can't believe how uh, lame mom can be with some of her, just not being able to figure out the social media. So they've been helping me through it. But I've been getting on my feed these before and after pictures about these youth who go off to college. And you see their high school graduation pictures, and they are beautiful and vivacious and handsome, and they just look amazing. And then you see them at the end of their uh, of their college or, you know, maybe their sophomore year in college, 
And, uh, you know, one girl had the entire top of her half, her forehead hair completely shaved off with a big star tattoo in the center. And they just have, you know, facial piercings and, and tattoos all over, you know, just in, it just, you just say, what, what happened? What happened to this beautiful child? And I watched the uh, documentary Dead Name just yesterday about these beautiful, healthy children who were dating in high school and then went off and they go to college and complete change. I mean, d- depression and changing uh, sexual identities and uh, wanting to get breasts removed and just horrific things. And, and so my, my youngest is now going off to college and um, both of my other kiddos have been in relatively strong Christian environments at university but she is considering quite a liberal college to go to and so we're making preparations for that and putting in a lot of prayer and coming alongside churches and putting a lot of effort into this collegiate day of prayer and wanting God to bring revival to the campus where she wants to go that she would start a bible study there and so my heart is burdened I think the enemy has been active and let loose on these campuses for far too long and we need to step in and um and and tell him to leave (laughs) well one of the things that and i totally agree with that and the reason why that's so critical is if you i mean so many people talk about the the entitled attitudes that are among our young people or the uh, the promiscuous uh, aspects of uh, a teenager's life today but um it's more than that it's also the fact that you know there's all kinds of groups now that are rising up against the liberal indoctrination that goes on not only in our public schools but in our colleges and so the the issue with that is these are the people that are going to grow up to be our leaders if they do not meet god it's only going to get further away from god in our country and so as the students go, so goes our nation. Mm-hmm. So it is critical that there is an intervention. You know, the, there were two great awakenings in this country. One was prior to the Revolutionary War, and the second one was the one that Vicki was talking about earlier that was just prior to the Civil War. So it's very – it's time for the third great awakening. And mm-hmm. that's really – the prayer of and the heart cry of those that are involved in the Collegiate Day of Prayer. You know, Marlene talked about the nation, and, you know, so many people are praying for our country. You know, they realize the struggles and, and, and the divisions that are happening in America, and we could lose the freedoms of our country. But the fact is, if we want to pray for our country, we must be praying for our college students, you know, because that's where it is during that time of 18 to 25 that most of your major decisions are made. You determine your spouse, you determine your friends, you determine your major, you determine what you want to do, and you you determine your values and your faith. You've left home, you've left the you know what you've been taught is uh, from your mom and dad, and now you have to determine: Are you going to follow those values, or are you going to determine other values? To give you a couple of uh, just stats, right now, uh, over one million. Young people leave the church and the faith every year. Okay, there are about 20 million of our student, 20 million students in America in college. Uh, not even counting all of the international people. If we want to touch the nations, the leaders of the nations are sitting in our colleges. I mean, the leader of North Korea, the leader of Saudi Arabia, the leader of every country are sitting in the American universities. If we want to touch the nations, we can touch them in our colleges. One of the reasons there's so much difficulty is 90% of professors consider themselves liberal or very liberal on a scale. So when you see 90% are teaching our young people liberal agendas and squelching and ridiculing their conservative values, uh, it makes it very difficult for a young person to stand up in their faith. And so we need to encourage them in every way. They need to gather together. Uh, and I'd love to tell you about a couple of the conferences I was at, Kathy. Yeah, I would love to. I, I, I would love to hear it. And you also mentioned the Asbury College revival. And I, I would love to understand how Asbury College plays into the 200th anniversary of the Collegiate Day of Prayer. I, and Yes, Vicki, share away. We want to hear what you have. Okay. Uh, 
couple of things. I was at a conference called Urbana, which is an InterVarsity conference that happens every three years. It's a missions conference. Powerful conference. It was amazing in Indianapolis. Uh, people signing up for missions. And it was phenomenal. 350 came to know the Lord. It was really fun because the way they offered the invitation, if you wanted to know Christ, stand up in this crowd of 6,000. And those who stood up, one of the ushers came and brought them a big white flag. And they began to wave the flag. And students rallied around, all the ones who were standing with their white flags. And then they said, if you have a white flag and you, you've committed your life to Christ, we want to usher, you know, would you please go down to the floor? We're going to have some people meet with you, kind of like you do at the church, you know, as you walk up to the front and the altar. And they walked down to the front, but the students voluntarily just made a corridor. And all the young people with their white flags were walking, waving their flags while students had this corridor of of support and cheering for those who came to faith. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Then I was at the a crew conference in Indianapolis as well. At the same time, I taught prayer every morning. Young people were getting a vision of praying for their campuses and were blown away and went back to their campus meetings and said, yes, we'll do this. We will start 203 groups on our campus. And it was so exciting. And one group said, we stayed up till 11 o'clock last night, Vicki. We had such a good time praying until the hotel knocked on our door and said we were making too much noise. And so we had to leave. And so we had said, oh, I guess we better quit. And they said, we can't quit praying for our colleges and our friends. So we decided we can't stop the prayer meeting. We just moved out of the room, went downstairs to one of the areas in the lobby and began to pray and stayed up till 4 a.m., you know, wow. so they are catching it. Then I went to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, BGEA, which is a group led by Pulse, which is they believe that God has called them to teach evangelists, train up evangelists. Okay, guys, listen to this. This is outside of our box, okay? Any any of us old people are not going to get it because these young evangelists, ages 18 to 22, Kathy, are wild for Jesus. I'm talking passionate for Jesus. One guy stood up on his airplane on the way there and shared the gospel on the plane. Two of them led their Uber drivers to the Lord. There was wow. a there was a Starbucks down the road, and I, I felt sorry for the Starbucks employees because I mean when this when this group of young people walked into that Starbucks, they just shared Jesus with every person and every worker there. Because they are passionate for Jesus. So the way this group works is with a group called Pulse. I'm a part of Pulse 100. 100 students. They are broken up into groups of 10. And each of the 10 have three coaches. An intercessor, a pastor, and evangelist. And so we meet with them online. And they are being trained to be evangelists. They have one year commitment. They make the application. And these young people are on fire. I said, I don't even know how they know each other. They said, we know each other from TikTok. I said, oh, no, I don't even like TikTok. <laughs> and they said, oh, well, we share Jesus on TikTok. TikTok needs Jesus, and we're, people are following us. So one young man, 21 years old, has one million daily followers on TikTok wow. talking about wow. Jesus. So they're all talking about Jesus on TikTok and praying for one another. So there was one young guy, 20, maybe he's 21, 22 years old. He said, I just think I had to help some of these leaders. So last December, he just said, I found a place where we could do a silent retreat for four days. He had 80 young people, no leader, no pastor, no ministry. Just come, you guys. He said, he just contacted these TikTok uh, influencers and said, come to the Atlanta area and we're going to go to this silent retreat area and y'all are just going to be quiet. We're just going to be waiting on God for four days. Because wow. our generation needs Jesus. And uh, so he just says, he says, I fly all over the country. All I do now, he says, I'm not on TikTok. I just got to go and serve and pray for all of the TikTok influencers and all the Instagram influencers. And so he's out doing that. I'm like, oh, my goodness. God, this is just not the way we did it in my generation. But God is doing it. I I love that. That is amazing, and it just gives me such encouragement seeing the Holy Spirit work in the lives of these youth and giving them 
passion. And, and I remember last year we interviewed David Barton, the head of Wall Builders, and we said, David, what, what's the answer? What do we need as a church? And he goes, oh, that's very simple. We need two things. Marlene, do you remember this? We need two things. We I, need courage. Oh, no, we need passion and we need courage. Those two things. Passion for the things of God, passion for God's word, passion for relationship, passion for others, and then the courage just to step out and do it. And uh, so, I mean, that's one of the things I have been praying for is passion and courage for myself, for my kiddos as they're stepping out, for mine and Eric's marriage as we're engaging with other married couples, and passion and courage. And I love seeing that the Holy Spirit is like, yes, ask me. That's what I want to pour out. Passion is the thing that motivates you and drives you, but courage is 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 to take the first step mm-hmm. and just to to be bold and and I I love those those two concepts those two words and I have found that in the last really month I have been praying more and more for myself and others courage give them courage God and 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 yeah. courage isn't foolishness it is leading of the Lord and it's stepping out and what he's telling you to do. It's courage. <laughs> I think that's right. Courage is saying no to fear and yes to God. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yep. All right, Vicki. Collegiate day of prayer. And we yeah. only have a few minutes here. So talk a little bit more about the actual event and what's going to happen and where it is. Okay. The Collegiate day of prayer does a simulcast online. It will start here, 7 p.m. You can get it online through either our Facebook page or our website, collegiatedayofprayer.org. Okay. You have to write out the whole thing, guys, even though we call it, we abbreviate it, C-D-O-P. You have to write out the whole thing, collegiatedayofprayer.org. I need every person who's listening to go there today. You can click on adopt a campus. You can adopt your alma mater. You can adopt a campus and say, I will pray February 23rd. February 23rd, we're going to have this event where we're going to be doing the video is going to be at Asbury University because Asbury University had a major revival in 1970. And in 1970, where there are actually three revivals that stirred up around the same time, Asbury and then on the West Coast, Pirates Cove, the launch of the Jesus Movement, That the movie's coming out the day after Collegiate Day of Prayer. I think it's the 24th. Uh, they're promoting Collegiate Day of Prayer. We're promoting the Jesus Movement video. And then there was a movement happening in, in Canada. All three of them simultaneously started. Only the Holy Spirit can do this. Okay, guys. You, we can, no, no planning, no pastors, no leadership. All of this stuff is happening by the Spirit of God. And this was the launch of the Jesus Movement and this thing that happened at Asbury. Asbury had two people that were instrumental. Really three, in my opinion. One was a young girl. A young student who said, you know what? We need revival on my campus. I'm going to write down the name of every student, and I'm going to pray for them every day. Until a Sunday afternoon, and God told her, it's done. I'm, I'm going to visit. And within two days, at a chapel meeting, they had a, their chapel. Everybody went to chapel. All the students showed up. And what happened? A young man stood up at the end. He said, wait, before we go, can I just say one thing? I need to repent. I have walked in sin. I need to repent. Would you? I need to ask God to forgive me, and I need all of you to hear this. And that's what happened. And then people started coming forward, and there was a, the meeting didn't end, and it didn't end that day, nor the next day, nor the next day, nor the next night, nor the next night. It kept going. And so the third person that was important was the university president, who said, "I'm going to let God move. I'm not going to stop this. I'm going to let God move." So we are going to Asbury. Marlene and I are going to be there. Amen. And we are going to go to Asbury and watch this. It's, we've got tremendous support, speakers, worship. It's going to be amazing. Every person can watch it online at 7 p.m. Central Time uh, at collegiatedayofprayer.org. Wow, we're able to engage with that. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Vicki, thank you so much for all just opening our eyes to everything that God has done, is doing, promises to do, what he's raising up. Friends, we have one more segment left with Love Talk. We have to go to break to hear from our incredible sponsors that keep us on the air year after year, month month after month and year after year for the last 37 years. You're going to want to hear from them. They're our good friends. You're going to want to make them your good friends, too. Stay with us. We are going to wrap up um, Love Talk and our discussion around prayer 
And friends, what do you think God would want to do in your life today, this week, this month, as you step out? We're going to discuss that when we come back to Love Talk. Welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge Austin. Today's Christian Talk, friends, we are building bridges of love and leadership and how those bridges have got to be built today right where we're at in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships with our children, on college campuses. We need to be building those bridges. And boy, it's amazing the bridges that God will build when we seek Him in prayer. Well, we've been talking with our amazing guest Vicki Porterfield about the upcoming National Collegiate Day of Prayer that is happening on February 23rd and Vicki I loved that how you shared that not only can we get involved with the National Collegiate Day of Prayer by going to their website signing up to adopt a college campus or maybe getting together with our, our church a group and and committing as a church to sign up for a college campus, but that we can actually go and, and join the simulcast on uh, February 23rd that's going to be taking place at Asbury College. And so I have this question that I'm going to just throw to you. You know, sometimes when we step in and we go, okay, I'm, I'm going to pray, it might seem a little bit scary. We're stumbling over our words. We don't know what to pray. And I think about this gal at Asbury College back in 1970 where she said, all right, Lord, you know what? Here's a list of every student's name on campus. I'm just going to go, and even if my prayer doesn't sound eloquent, I'm just going to stumble through, pray for each student's name, and just see what happens. When we go to God just to, you know, see what happens, generally what happens, Vicki? (laughs) God shows up. You know, I, I think we forget that God wants to answer our prayers. He says, if we ask, we will receive. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door will be opened. If we gather together 203, he is there to answer. If we ask anything according to the, have we have the right motive, he answers. If we ask anything according to his name, he responds. God is waiting for us to ask. God is waiting for us to pray. This is, this is, I mean, it's just like if you are a father or a mother and you want, and you ask your child, what do you want for your birthday? You want to know what they want. You know, he is waiting for us and he wants to answer. He wants to give it to, to us because it brings him glory. We can thank him for it. And so we want to be able to ask. And he desperately wants to answer us. So I think when we don't pray, it's almost like we deprive God of being the God he is. So I want to ask God for our college students. Uh, You know, I love that. And when you talk about knock on the door, knock in the door is going to be open to you. You know, the only other uh, story that, that Christ shared about knocking on a door was a neighbor knocking on a neighbor's door for someone else because he needed provision for someone else. And so I just think that God delights when we come to him seeking provision for someone else. I just, I think he's like, oh yeah, that's, that's my favorite door to open. I mean, he, he loves it when we seek him for ourselves, but boy, when we put that selfishness aside and we seek him for someone else, boy, the things that he shows up and does. So Vicki, I have this question for you because, you know, honestly, so many people, that I, I speak with, they, they ask it and they just are desperate for it. We're desperate for revival in this, in this nation. We're desperate for it. We've been praying for it for, for so many years and we see God doing these many, many things right now and raising up youth. Do you think he's going to bring revival? Do you think we've, we've missed it somehow? Do we, do we need to pray for it harder or more? What, what is, what have you been hearing on this? I, I don't think there are any, I don't think we have any answers that are going to work. I don't think the Republicans and Democrats, either one, have answers. I don't think our business leaders have the answer. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the answers out of the education system uh, to turn our country around. It's going to have to come from the Lord. And that means we are desperate for him to bring revival. That's that's it. We, we, we are desperate for him to bring revival. And so... Um, I, I, for those of you that follow a prayer podcast called Give Him 15, which is done by Dutch Sheets. Dutch is probably the, the premier intercessor that prays for America and leads churches and prayer people and 
into prayer for the nation. Uh, last week, he was in a church speaking, and he began to share about something, and it was like he couldn't even get his mind on what he was going to say. Because on the back wall, he began to have a vision on the back wall of the church. And he said, I saw fires. And he said, the fires were around were in the different cities. And he said, I noticed that the fires were on college campuses. And this fire was such intensity. He said, and so bright. And he said, and I began, the Lord showed me, he said, I saw a one campus and then another and then another and then another. And I realized it was from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the North to the South. All of these college campuses were being lit up. And I began to see what was happening there. And it was young people that were coming, first in a dorm room, then in a larger area, and then in, in, in auditoriums with thousands. And he said, what? I looked to see who were the speakers. Who are the worship leaders? Who, wh- where's the church leaders? Where are the pastors? There weren't any. There weren't any. There were no leaders. It was just people, they were singing, and they didn't even know the songs because most of our young people in Gen Z have no connection to Jesus. By the way, 70% of them say they want to know Jesus. They want to know something about Jesus. So we need to say, okay, God, we've got to teach them. But th- this revival started happening, and all these little fires were popping up, and he said, God, I didn't know if the revival was going to start in the state house or in the churches, but instead, the Lord showed him revival is going to be starting on college campuses. So that is good news. And so he he said there were miracles happening. And as they would sing a song, he said they didn't know many songs. They were just singing Amazing Grace. A young student would jump up and say, I'm healed. I'm healed. And another one said, I'm delivered. And they said, but you just brought your girlfriend you're sleeping with. And he goes, I can't sleep with her anymore. I can't do these things anymore. Those who had gender confusion was like, no, I know who I am. I understand my identity. God is, I know what God is saying to me. I, I want to know Jesus. And many of them were looking to, who knows about Jesus? And they were opening Bibles and saying, we've got to read the Bible together. It was just a really powerful vision because I believe that is where revival is going to launch because what starts at our campuses impacts our nation. Amen. That is incredible. Okay, so I'm going to go to that Give Him 15. And you said that's a podcast. I'm going to go check that out. Every day. I, you know, Every day. Yeah, and it's, it's also, I mean, you can, if you're not somebody that wants to sit there and watch a video, you can read, read it. it because it's it's both ways. It's wow. both um, a visual or it's a, a text. So that, that's really good. But that is very exciting to me because in that, that that's a scenario – you can relate to Vicky because you came to the Lord on college campus, and so did I. And I know that when God transformed me, my mother thought I had a nervous breakdown. I was so different. <laughs> <laughs> my priorities, everything changed. And that's the kind of break it's going to take to strip off the world from the next generation. It's it's going to take that kind of supernatural intervention. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we haven't said it, but Vicki and I both are part of that 1970s. You know, it was later than that, but, but just a few years later than that, that the Lord, we found the Lord. And so we were part of that uh, revival move that swept the country and Canada in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, 1970 was a very good year. That was that. That's my birth year. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Awesome. There you go. And so, that dates us, huh? <laughs> it does. Yeah, I think I I want to mention just a couple more things before we close, Kathy. Yes. We've put together a a church guide and a a prayer guide of 30 days or a 40 day guide. You can purchase these off our website, but honestly, the best way to get them is on U version. So you can go to Uversion and look up Collegiate Day of Prayer, and there's a 30-day prayer guide and a 40-day prayer guide. I have a friend of mine who has little grandchildren. She says, Vicki, this is the prayer guide, best prayer guide I've ever seen. She says, it is amazing. It leads you through repentance. It leads you through stirring up. So one is kind of intended for the church and moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, and the other one's intended for, for students to read. But read them both. They're both excellent, excellent prayer guides that we've gathered from leaders uh, who work in college ministries. And so I would encourage you to do that. You can find them on our website, collegiatedayofprayer.org, or you can find them on version. either one. The other thing I want to mention is many of you who are listening today think, you know what? I don't even have a college student. 
I, 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 it's been so long since I was in college. This is just not my thing. I, I'm going to skip this program. I don't really need to hear this. But I want to tell you, what happens on college campuses impacts you. In Austin, there's over 200,000 college students. We cannot ignore what is happening on our campuses. We must, must pray and ask God to move. We don't have another choice, you guys. It's, we're in urgent place. We are sit, our, the devil is out to rob us and steal our children and to steal their identity. 60% of college students are questioning their gender. And I'm like, we have got to, God just has to move. So whoever you are, I'm, I, if you're a grandparent, if you have no children, if you're a single mom, if you just have a toddler, if you're a teenager, please pray for college students. It matters to America. Vicki, thank you so much for that, friends. This hour is coming to an end, and what a discussion we have had, just looking at what God is doing, what God's heart desires to do in your life, in the life of our youth, in the life of this nation, friends. You can get involved, and we are just so grateful for you, Vicki Porterfield. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Friends, you can share this program with your friends on our podcast at Love Talk, all one word. Love Talk, you'll see our three faces shining back at you. And friends, it is Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday. Find a church. Find a church that opens God's word, that teaches straight out of God's word, and that greets you with a beautiful smile and a hug. Well, friends, we have to go. Uh, we're coming to an end here. We just love being with you. We love being with you each Saturday. Thank you so much for joining us. You can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. Go visit us on Facebook at Love Talk Radio. Send us your questions. We love to answer you. Well, friends, I'm Kathy Enderbrock. For Marlene McMichael and Coach Carrie Brinkader, who will be with us next week, our beautiful guest, Vicki Porterfield, thank you for joining us today, friends, and we'll look forward to being with you next week here on Love Talk.